0: Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeau. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co.
1: That's J R N I.co for more information. Your adventure awaits.
0: Hey guys, on today's episode, The Business of Retreats. Noelle, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm doing well. Why do I always say, Noel, are you there? Uh, because I know you're there. I just talked to you like three seconds ago.
1: It's just a common intro. We'll go with it. We'll, go with it. we'll <laughs> go with it. It's, it's been habit. a long week.
0: Yeah. Um, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you
0: doing? I'm doing well. Slept awesome. well last night. Yeah. Good. So this uh the birth of the retreat. Let's go back a little bit. I think it's really interesting and uh and thank god that the retreat has been invented and popular because it gets us outside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's back way up and tell everybody what we're talking about and why. Yes. Um so we are talking about the role that coaches can play in hosting retreats for folks to get away to get out into nature to get out of their comfort zone to get out of their own heads and to do therapeutic and growth work in a new and different and invigorating way john just hosted his first ever angry therapist retreat at joshua tree and i called him the next day because I wanted the scoop. I was curious and I had a million questions and we thought this would be a really great topic for our podcast listeners because so many coaches, that's the dream, right? To be out in nature, to be with your people, to be running a retreat and to have that experience. So we're going to pull the curtain back and get down to what it really takes, what it was really like, what real expectations are and how you can do it too.
0: I love that as I swerve the car um, naturally by bird walking, you grab the wheel and you bring it back to, to, uh, to straighten out the cut, straighten out where we're going. So thank you for that.
1: That's uh, what we do, John. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Realignment. Um, yes, absolutely. And I, I want to remind you guys, you know, in the eighties, there were a lot of like business conferences and workshops and PowerPoints and the projector and all that. But, um, the retreat really, um, it was, I think, about seven, maybe five years ago, that it really exploded, you know. And I think part of that is due to the uh, the yoga movement and um, nature and people, you know, now wanting to get outside. So it's a good thing. Had,
1: had you ever gone on a wellness retreat before hosting one yourself?
0: Um, no, just ours.
1: Just ours through yeah. Journey. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm trying to think. Yeah, just ours.
1: I mean, then I was thinking about it too. And it's, it's actually something that I wanted to do for myself for right. a really long time. Right. And I have never done it either. I've just hosted our own. So that's on my bucket list for the year ahead is to go away and, and, and participate in yeah. a wellness retreat.
0: Oh, you're going to love it. I mean, I, I did go on a, um, I guess you could say it's kind of a man venture from Sequoia to Yosemite on, on dirt bikes and I get I guess you could technically call that a retreat. Uh, there was no wellness. Um the wellness wasn't uh in the program, it was more in your own inner journey. So
1: I in the company. I, what's that? And in the company that you had it sounded like.
0: Uh, yeah. So it was, uh, it was like a wilderness company. Um, so there's a lot of that stuff happening. So, I mean, I guess you could say technically I, I've been on one retreat if you want to call that a retreat. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the, uh, the retreat business. I know a lot of our coaches are getting, um, their feet wet and they're super interested in, in doing their own retreats, which is great.
1: Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Why did you want to try this in the first place?
0: Um, I love whenever whenever I get an idea, uh, I know that if I don't pull the trigger, it doesn't happen, and I think this is something that I've also come across with a lot of our, um our own coaches is they have such great ideas and they want to do things, and if they don't just start you know pushing the the first domino or getting things rolling, um then fear kicks in that's very natural it happens to all of us, and then you know then their dreams and their ideas never manifest, so I thought, you know what the Joshua tree is right in my backyard two hours away. Uh, I would love to just throw a retreat and and let's see if anyone comes. Um, And Mm -hmm. so when I had that idea, I was like, okay, I have to do it. (laughs) I have to at least, um, I won't be okay with myself unless I give it a try.
1: Right. Absolutely. So I I think what you expressed is um, really important to clarify for everybody is that there's there's fear and doubt involved. Yes. Even at a point where John is a published author, has a following of thousands and thousands and thousands of people all over the world. There was still this huge gaping. What if? Can I do this? Can I pull that off? So that's really the first thing that you have to defeat. When you're going into a venture like this is the little voice in the back of your head that says, but what if?
0: Yes. Uh, You have to say that dragon, I think, before anything, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, it always starts there.
1: Yeah. So then there was the logistical part where you had to have a date and a location. How did you approach that? What was that experience?
0: Um, The good news is, uh, because retreats are so popular, there's a lot of spaces now um, all over the world, whether we're talking about Costa Rica, Bali, LA, um, where now there are these like retreat houses. Um, people, uh, because of, you know, uh, things like Airbnb, people actually have facilities and that are just kind of designed for retreats. So I was referred to a house in Joshua Tree, and it was a huge uh, kind of like a, on, a, on, a, on. A, it's kind of segregated, but it's a really uh, beautiful property, and she rents them out for uh, yoga retreats. So it was very easy to just say, "Oh, it's, it's all. Everything was already there."
1: Awesome. So, you know, data collecting, figuring out a, a location that works for you geographically. It wasn't too hard for you personally to get to. Knowing that wellness tourism is a huge industry and. Yeah. As with any industry, there are different people who make a living out of providing different facets of it. So yes. there are people out there that that host properties exclusively for the purpose of wellness retreats. And then you chose a date um and then what was the next step in the process what came after that
0: then i uh kind of sat with myself and thought you know what kind of retreat do i want this to be and i think this Mm -hmm. is a really important step you you know you can't just throw a retreat for the sake of throwing a retreat i mean you can but i think it'll just get lost and, and people wonder what's different about your retreat and so i sat there and i thought okay you know, is this is, is this a, an adventure retreat? Is this a, uh, you know, am I going to talk about my concepts? Like, what exactly do I want to do over the weekend um, to really make it, it meaningful to me? And so I wanted it to be uh, based on my book because um, I wanted to give everyone my book. You know, when inside the book I had one of these little typewriter thingies that I typed for every person. Um, and I wanted to do a lot of group work, and I wanted it to be something where – um, not a lot of activity other than maybe one hike, but I really wanted to get into the work. So I also knew that me alone would make it kind of boring. <laughs> so I, I brought in a couple other um, people to do energy work and yoga and mindfulness.
1: Awesome. Okay, so I think that something you said here is super important. You weren't reinventing the wheel. You were going off of work that you have created concepts that you've worked with for a really long time, things that you felt comfortable with, things that you believe in deeply, and you wanted it to be about doing internal work. I think that when we're putting on retreats and events, especially as coaches, um, there is a tendency to want to throw in a ton of activities. Yeah. But what coaching is and what coaching does is getting people to do the internal work. So, from a data perspective, it's really great to hear that number one, you know, that was enough for everybody that attended your retreat. That that was what what they came to do. They all came to do the work.
0: Yeah, and what I noticed that uh, it was, uh, you know, we did a hike. And, um, you know, there, there were some small activities, but it was actually the groups and the exercises in the groups that were the, that was the value. I mean, that's where there was emotion. That's where there was connection. That's where you could tell people were really thirsty for, uh, information and all of that. So it wasn't necessarily in, you know, the food or the hike or that it was, it was in the, um, the actual, the group work. That's where it was really, uh, magical and eat. You can't. You also, because of the unique people and unique stories, the group work is. Um, you can't like repeat it. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: So break it down. What does group work entail? What actually took place?
0: Um, it was me facilitating, and through exercise, and of course through structure, uh, various topics, concepts, and then going around. And 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 it's not. A, it wasn't about me. Me like lecturing because uh, no one wants to sit and listen to someone for you know two hours. Uh, but creating a space and facilitating other people to talk about their stories. Um, I always use the uh, analogy of the movie, The Breakfast Club, one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies, of how people you know who normally may not be friends or, 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 or wouldn't hang out are connected by this common thread. And in that movie, it was detention. Uh, but here it's wellness and self-betterment. And then by the end of the movie, um, they humanize themselves and they realize that, oh, You know, even though we were kind of different uh, from different cliques or different worlds um, in in, over the weekend or in that movie was detention. But um, you realize we're all the same. And I think that that kind of character arc, if you can get that in your retreat, that's where the magic happens. And I I, I was nervous because I I told the group it's either going to be the Breakfast Club or the Jersey Shore. And I don't know. And I'm terrified.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I mean that's another really important point too. Is you 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 tossed a wide net out there, and I think when you were going to put this retreat on, both you and I assumed it was going to be LA locals who came. What actually happened?
0: Yeah, no one was from LA. Everyone uh, was from other. They flew in. Um, they flew in. There was a couple people who were doing uh, taking this retreat as a part of a bigger trip. Um, so kind of killing birds and, you know, um, starting at Joshua Tree and then, and then you know, maybe taking a week off and doing other things. But uh, it, for me, it was in my backyard, but for no one else, because I assumed since it's in L.A., it'll just be L.A. people and uh, people flew in, which really shocked me.
1: Which is going back to this really strong market trend that we're seeing of wellness tourism, mm-hmm. of people not wanting to just take a vacation, but to take a vacation that's actually going to be restorative, that I'm going to get something out of on a deeply personal, emotional level. And
0: everyone there, um, they were all going through something. And so this is what I think is a really uh, important piece if you guys are throwing a, or planning a retreat is Without the vulnerability piece, without the the and and you know the person running the retreat has to set the tone, right? So without the um, uh, the showing yourself, uh, whether you do it through exercises or conversation, or however you want to do it, without that tone of um, being vulnerable and showing yourself and sharing your story, then it does become a Jersey Shore because then it's just activities and it's superficial and it's a lot of um, you know people fronting and judgment and all that. But it's when you're vulnerable and um, you create a space where it's safe. That's where I think um, the retreat has a lot of, a lot of meaning, a lot of growth, you know?
1: So when everybody got there, did you give ground rules?
0: Yeah, of course. And, and this is what I think what's really important. There has to be rules. Um, Yeah, we gave rules. We, we gave, uh, we also had a structure. I think, you know, if, if, uh, if you just say, I'm going to throw a retreat, it's going to be fun. We're going to make s'mores and just kind of, you know, cross our fingers and hope that people share, um, that I think can go south. <laughs> so everyone's looking, uh, at you for structure. So we had a very tight, um, itinerary where there was something happening, um, almost all the time. And then of course mixed with some free time. Um, and it, it would really, it needed that because it makes people feel safe and it make, makes people feel like, Oh, I paid for this and I got something out of it instead of just, a, you know, the location.
1: So people came in and there was a really strict agenda and you put everybody through the paces of a process flow. Yes. Now, another thing that came to mind is you were, you as the host didn't know who was coming, didn't know what to expect, what kind of personalities. And I think that your attendees probably experienced the same thing. It takes bravery. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in our digital age, where we're so used to texting, being behind a computer, being behind a profile picture, an Instagram persona, that to actually show up and show yourself is freaking terrifying.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. And um, that was actually the most terrifying piece. Uh, the night before, I was in bed thinking, "What if you know someone? You know, it only takes that one person to kind of <laughs> destroy the atmosphere." Um, I, w- I had no idea who was coming, never talked to any of them. They're just people kind of falling from the sky. And so, yeah, I was terrified. I mean, we, you know, I had the, uh, the insurance, uh, but I, I didn't, I did, anything could have happened. And so it's really important to, to kind of set the tone. Um,
1: so what actually happened?
0: Well, people came in, and it was like the first day of school, where you know everyone's nice, but you could tell they're skittish. Uh, you could tell they're kind of quiet. Uh, everyone's waiting for the first person to go uh, eat at the buffet, if you will. If I could use that as a metaphor, before they all start doing it. And what I mean by that is, you know, waiting for someone else to kind of show themselves before they open up. So it's it's a it's a little bit of a process, a slow burn. It's different if you are um, throwing a retreat within your community. So you know, with our Calist intensive, our retreats. Um, they start off instantly already, you know, with hugs and everyone kind of knows each other or we've seen each other. And there's already that um soil, you know. But if you're throwing a retreat that is just under your brand where um you have no idea where they're coming from, um have <laughs> have some exercise, do something to kind of, you know, get people Um, warm, warmed up and uh, to open up, whether it's, you know, questions or an exercise, or or maybe it's done through food, you know, or sitting around and just uh, sharing a meal, I don't know, whatever you want to do.
1: And I think it's all about finding common ground. Mm -hmm. Now, we've built the Catalyst community over a period of about six years. And I remember... In the early days, having the same kind of fear when I would go into a retreat environment or go to visit with Catalyst, not knowing who I was going to get. And something that I've learned over a very long career of working with humans is that most people are awesome.
0: Yeah, most and, people, I mean, people are good inherently, you know?
1: Yeah. And and most people have a lot of common ground between them. And I think that the fear of, you know, who who is this gonna be. It's funny that you mentioned the Jersey Shore because reality television distorts our perspective of, you know, what it's like to be in community so vastly. Those shows get the most unstable people they can find and then right. put them in compromising positions, right? right. Like That doesn't happen in everyday life. (laughs) Most people are like pretty chill and pretty great. And so I think that, you know, when we're talking about going on retreat, when we're talking about retreat, when we're talking about sitting around in a circle and sharing our stories, we all have to remember that that's primal. I mean, that's what humans have been doing since the dawn of civilization, literally, is sitting in a circle telling stories
0: also remember that you know if people are going to your retreat um they probably have somewhat trust in you you know they the, these 18 people they didn't come to the joshua tree just because they've never been to the joshua tree they're trusting me to lead and, and give them some value so um there's something to say about that where uh you're not you know you're, you're collecting people who already uh, either have been following you or you know trust that you're going to provide uh, a, a safe space for everyone
1: and that's the common ground, whether it's a bunch of people who are coming together around a specific topic or whether it's a bunch of people who are coming together because of a, of a specific person, in which case it was you and your work that everyone was familiar with. So mm-hmm. there was already common ground established.
0: Yes, 100 percent.
1: What would you do differently next time?
0: I. So you know just to challenge myself um, I would like to do that retreat but maybe um, different locations so this was Joshua Tree so I would like to do one in big bear maybe in the winter or I would like to do one um, I don't know, in Ojai or maybe in Big Sur, uh, I think that for me would be more exciting then because I think retreats can also become uh, where it's, if it becomes too businessy, you know, you lose the flavor of it. And if the facilitator isn't enjoying it as well, then it just becomes like work, you know?
1: Absolutely. And then people how, can feel that. How was it for you as a facilitator?
0: Um, it was terrifying. It was rewarding. It was uh, you, you know if you leave a retreat, and I think this is kind of the for me the marker. If it felt like summer camp, you know, if it felt like um, people came in and then left, um, wanting pictures and wanting uh, to connect, and 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 you could tell that they were moved in some way. Um, to me that was a, then that's a success you know it doesn't matter if uh if the meals were bad or if you know classes didn't go well or whatever but if people left a little bit different than then they then they came and maybe maybe the difference is just a, a change in perspective or if they just were hurt or whatever um then it was a success you know and so that's to me that was my measure
1: so what I'm for everybody listening, you know, they might be wondering, well, well, how do I do that? How do I foster an experience for connection? And if I'm listening to John, the the, the magic sauce was setting expectations for an experience of vulnerability early on and leading the way with your own vulnerability, keeping it really structured so that there was Something of value that was happening on a regular basis and that there wasn't downtime with people kind of sitting there lost in their own thoughts Right. What else? What was the other magic sauce that contributed to the spirit of connection that people walked away with?
0: Um, I think intentions and authenticity. So, mm. you know, your intention, especially if you're running your first one, isn't dollars. It can't be, you know, um, people can smell it, <laughs> you know. Uh, so the intention to connect and have a good time and make a uh, make it a, a meaningful weekend. That was just my intention. Um, and you know, at the business side, you know, you'll work it out later. So if you didn't make much money, well, you'll figure that out. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be about that. I think in the, in the beginning, um, and then, uh, authenticity, you know, how real are you? People can smell that shit really fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So-
0: if they walk into a room and, and the person leading it doesn't feel authentic or real, they're going to instantly, um, backpedal, hide, or maybe want to refund
1: something like that. So, being yourself, being real. And you know, on the business side of things, if you don't lose money on your first retreat, you're you're doing great.
0: Sure. And I, and I'll be honest with you, I had no idea what I was doing and things add up. It gets expensive. I mean, these locations are pricey and, you know, feeding 18 people for a weekend is expensive. Um so Get on top of that, you know, Uh, find someone who can, you know, if you're not a um, numbers person like me, then find someone who can crunch numbers because you you don't want to give yourself a really bad experience where you're like, okay, I just ran a retreat and I lost a ton of money because then you're not going to be motivated to do it again.
1: Right. And and there are different services out there that you can join with um, that will help you with your location, that will help you with your meals, that will help you with sourcing the whole thing. And as a first go around, nailing your content as a coach is probably the most important thing that you can do because that is your product. Yeah, everything else is the business of running wellness tourism. And that's something that you have the rest of your life to get good at. But people are going to come for the content. So so that I think is where folks will really want to focus on.
0: Yes. And I want to um, just kind of give three tips as we end. Uh, but first, I want to say that if you're a life coach and and, and we're big believers in in uh, building a practice that is honest to you, right? Um, and I think, you know, when, when people think about life coaching, it's like, they just kind of go to this idea of online sessions and practice and then people hang on to that. And it's like, you don't have to just do that, you know? And so that was one of the other reasons I wanted to do this is just kind of set an example where a practice is defined by however you want it to be. And it could be outside or it could be retreats or it could be audio courses or it could be. And I believe it's the combination of all that, that makes it interesting, exciting, um, It's not just the sessions, you know, and I think life coaches hang on to that so much. Like, I just want sessions. I just want sessions. But there's other ways to help people. There's other ways to make money.
1: Absolutely. It's only one one narrow way to work in a vast world.
0: Yes. And so play with all your crayons. And so here are my three tips. One would be um, if you're going to do a retreat, remember that it takes about five months to get the word out. You know, I think a lot of people expect to just make one post and then no one buys tickets. And then they're like, okay, forget it then. And it's like, no, you can't, you have to push it. You have to, maybe you have to spend some ad money. I don't know, but it takes about five months to get your word out. Uh, you know, do pre-sales, do, do uh contest, do whatever. Um, you got to hustle that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And tip two, make sure that your retreat is uniquely you and it's different, you know? So like, If your thing is, say, surfing, um, then you shouldn't go into the mountains. You should do something that is, unless that's where you're at in your life, uh, you should do something that fits under your brand uh, and provide value, right? So if you're going to do some kind of wellness retreat where you are uh, doing group work and helping people um, process stuff, then... That's, you know, that's your foot forward. And that's what you have to do. Uh, Don't try to be be something that you're not like, don't try to throw in zip lining and and bungee jumping because you think it's cool. Um, Do whatever kind of retreat that you would want to go to yourself. and then the, the final tip is, like, have fun. Uh, it, it, if it becomes too much of a business because, there, you know, there's the, the business side of life coaching in general, um, it's very easy to start to lose the whole fun of it, you know?
1: Yeah. Fun is, the, is I think, the key to everything or you're just going to be
0: miserable across yes. the board. Yeah, just a general life rule.
1: Yeah, Cool. Well, I'm proud of you. Thanks for sharing the tips with us. And, you know, the way my brain works, John was telling me all about it. And I had immediately structured an entire year of retreats in my head. (laughs) (laughs) And I went and like, okay, cool. This is a new product. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. Stay tuned as the TAT, Angry Therapist, retreats unfold over the upcoming year. Maybe you guys will want to join in with John in one of the new cool locations i'd like to go to the big sarah retreat when you do that oh one. i
0: would love to have you and i would love to have you where you could take off your ceo hat and just hang out and shoot the shit for you that but would be you amazing. Need a lot of beer for that. absolutely <laughs> um guys i also can't wait to see uh, what you guys do and the retreats you throw and you know the little fires that you guys start um campfires and uh that's exciting it's i'm really proud of all our life coaches and everything they're doing
1: Awesome. Awesome. TV continued. Well, my friend, have a wonderful day.
0: You too. Be well.